The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Do you understand the power of fasting, both spiritually and naturally? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Friends, today's broadcast might literally change your life. I mean that without hype. You may hear some things today that will change your life for the better, for eternity, both physically and even more important, spiritually. This is Michael Brown. Welcome to the broadcast as we are here, friends, to infuse you with faith and truth and courage and to help you be healthy and thriving in the Lord. That includes physical health, but spiritual above all, and the too many times go hand in hand. I'm joined today by Pastor Shane Eidelman. We've become good friends over the years. I deeply respect his heart for the Lord. His writings often bear the heart of God with a, with a prophetic clarity as he serves as a pastor, as a servant of the Lord, both in California and with a national burden and message. He recently reached out to me. He was going on a 40-day fast and kept me posted through the fast and then he's just put out a documentary. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can see the link to it, 17 minutes, where he talks about his own journey. We're posting it, sharing it on social media so that as many people as possible can watch it. But this has been life-changing for Shane himself, a man of fasting and prayer. And we want to go into his journey, but we want to talk about the power of fasting, why it's so important, why God gave it to us, First spiritually, but naturally as well. Hey, Shane, welcome to the broadcast. Great to have you with us today. Hey, Dr. Brown, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm looking at you here. I'm watching you here, but you're looking at me here. So I'm going to try to go back and forth. Oh, no, don't uh, worry about it. You just you just look straight ahead. Don't worry about looking at me when you're talking because we'll only, right. we'll only see you uh, when it's you. So, Shane, first tell me about the spiritual burden. What is it that drives someone to fast, and then is it some kind of religious work that we're doing? What's the purpose of it? Well, for me, it took, I would say, close to five years. Uh, God would put this on my heart. I'd be reading scripture, and as you know, scripture kind of leaps out at you when, when God is really trying to get a point across. And then just studying you know, how the body works, knowing the physical benefits of fasting, but then also the spiritual benefits of fasting. And it's just been on my heart, and I really fear kept me away from it, and uh, the opinions of others, you know, you get too skinny, you're going to kill yourself, you're going to starve yourself, that's not wise. Of course, not knowing how the body works. And then just 40 days, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a load to carry. And so just, I, just the timing of it, and um, it, just, it just worked out to be really, really efficient. In the, and when we decided to do it, the church was already meeting every night of the week. And we're having church every night of the week. I started right at that point, and then I just keep go kept going through Easter. And uh, I would have a little bit of juice, which I talked about in the documentary. If I had to get through a busy work schedule, you know, three services on Easter, services every night. So if I had to have a little juice every now and then, or some bone broth to get through it, I would I would definitely do that. But that's why it's it's not about a good work or legalistic or you know it doesn't make uh, it doesn't bend God's arm, but it sure bends my knee mm -hmm. and. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't love me more, but I sure love him more. And it's really just 
you know, fighting the flesh. You've talked about this quite a few times and just denying the flesh and that fullness of the spirit coming in and really radically changing your life. And a lot of emotions come up and uh, I have five kids at home. So that was a little challenging without my wife's support. It would have never happened. Uh, she was, she was gracious and very, very, um, helpful during the season. All right. So we're going to go through the journey. What actually happens during a long fast, you know, the physical aspects, uh, how the body works better than most of us do. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But in your video, you, you talk about the burden of the Lord. You, you talk uh, about David Wilkerson saying that God baptizes his church with anguish when he's going to move. Why, why should we be in anguish now? You as a pastor with a growing church, with a great family, why are you in spiritual anguish? Boy, I mean, if you just look around what and, you know, preach into the choir here with I know your audience, but it's a good reminder that if we look around and just see how far we've drifted from the truth, if we look at biblical doctrine too, at woe be to those who call evil and, and woe be those who call evil good and good evil and the, the court system, the school shootings, the violence, the families falling apart. Uh, I don't know how, if you've been following the, the suicide rate with uh, young adults. And that's an epidemic level, um, the over addiction, especially of opioids. And it just seems like everything is completely falling apart. And so there needs to be desperation. And that's why I believe what, uh, David Wilkerson said, when God seeks to recover a ruined situation, he will literally baptize a man in anguish and filling that heart of God. And that's really what gets you up in the morning early. That's what drives you to the prayer closet. That's what causes you to fast. That's what causes you to walk in the fullness of the spirit, that anguish. Without anguish, the opposite is comfort and convenience and apathy. And we all know what happens if we have too much apathy and convenience and comfort. And that's what happened with the nation of Israel quite often is they would, God would bless them. And then here, here comes the apathy and the complacency and the departing from God. And then he would wake them up again. So that call of desperation is just, I think it's a biblical call uh, to to really say, how, this is how bad I want it. Uh, Lord, I want it bad enough to give up this incredible appetite for food to have a, a, a stronger appetite for you and the things of the Lord. Yeah, so it's often joined in Scripture with fasting. Yes. And as you say, it's not a religious work, but it, it's the ultimate way of us saying, God, more than anything else, more right. than anything else, I want you, I want your purposes to the point that I'm even setting aside eating sometimes drinking for a short period of time, you know, anything or, or foods in general. And something happens with that. Shane, did you find, because when you're fasting, you're conscious of the fact that you're fasting, that right. it was almost like a prayer was going up to God all the time. Your fast itself was a prayer. Your fast itself was saying, God, I'm this serious. I'm this desperate. Well, it, that's what fasting actually does become a prayer because there's not much else to do instead of, I mean, beyond your normal responsibilities, but it's it, it, your fast in itself becomes a prayer. And I think Arthur Wallace wrote on that in his incredible book on fasting. And the more you seek him, the more you find him. And I wish I could tell you it was like walking on clouds every day. Uh, it was it was the hardest thing I've ever done. But it was one of the most incredible things I've ever done. I mean, just you just wake up at three in the morning not tired, you don't need coffee and just want to seek God, you put on worship and you, you begin breaking down and weeping and God just pours into your heart. And a lot of the, I think I wrote three articles during that time 
and the sermons were different. It, it just there's a it, it's it really can't describe it to someone who's never experienced it. And so yeah, it was it changes your life because instead of eating, you're praying. And instead of Lord, I'm really struggling right now. I, I'm, I'm hungry. I want to go to the refrigerator. And and instead, you start praying, or the kids are acting up, and and just forget it. Let me just throw in the towel. Instead, you go into prayer, or you take a drive and you worship. So it does really the your whole lifestyle becomes a prayer. It, but it's not easy. I don't want people to be left with that impression that it was uh, the most <laughs> wonderful thing I've ever done. It was it was challenging. Yeah, and, and Francis, you watched the documentary, which again we have linked on social media. So if you're listening by radio or by podcast, be sure to check our Facebook page or our Twitter feed or YouTube page uh, with the video for this because we've got links up to Shane's documentary where he talks about these things. You know, it reminds me of a prayer meeting in late 82, early 83. We were having a tremendous move of God in the church I was part of then. And we were having these powerful Sunday night prayer meetings. We used to have prayer once a month, and it was the dullest, deadest meeting. It's just, oh, it's hard to get through. And yes. now God was moving so powerfully. We opened the building every Sunday night for prayer. We're praying in our homes. And we go a good three hours of just fervent prayer, no music, no teaching, just praying. And we come in one night, and we're just its kind of lethargic. We weren't stirred by the Spirit. Our, our words seemed somewhat listless. And I'll never forget one of the brothers had a deep voice. He said, brethren, we are too fat to fly. We yes. had our big meals today. We, now we come in here praying. You know, you, you feed the stomach, you, yes. you deprive the spirit. I mean, that's kind of what happens. So it's the exact opposite with fasting. Well, and that's interesting. That is something that's always amazed me. And I don't know why God designed it that way, but he sure did. You know, try praying uh, after Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Try praying after a big meal. Uh, I, I learned this lesson, I think, before I even planted the church. I remember I would, God called me to speak at, you know, men's events and different churches. I was traveling. I was a traveling speaker for many years. Well, not many years, probably uh, six years before we planted the church. And I would go to a men's breakfast and I would eat, you know, just what they were eating. And then uh, now it's time for me to go up and <laughs> preach. I'm like, wow. And it only took two times I said, I'm not doing this again. And so, um, it would be it's 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 almost you're exchanging because you walk in you smell the the bacon and the sausage, and men's breakfast usually aren't healthy, and so I would just deny that and just say Lord I need you I need I need your fullness and and when you go up there there's a it's it's night and day it's not even um, uh, I, I you you can tell a clear difference in even your your cognitive thinking your your direction your precision scripture memory. The clear-headedness, it's, it's like I'll, I, I never would preach on a full stomach again, and I've pretty much done that to date. Uh, sometimes I'll fast for a whole day before I get up Sunday morning. On day 31, I preached at Rob McCoy's church uh, here in Southern California. I think you can find it on YouTube as well. The title was uh, something like um, um, Act Like Men, Please Act Like Men, from Paul's uh, uh, encouragement there. And... Man, I, I could tell it was it was incredible, and people could could tell there's a difference. What 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 what's different about you today? I, 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 can you can you tell us what 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 happened from last time you were here? And it was because of fasting, and I just walked away from the huge buffet. And and again, we don't make it a good work. And look how spiritual I am. And it really had nothing to do with that. I didn't want the guys to know I wasn't eating. 
I didn't want, there was just a, a, a desperation in my heart and, and you begin to weep even easier. Uh, you begin to just, your heart breaks for the things of God. You watch the news and it, you can't worship, just you start weeping during worship. You don't want worship to end. So mm. it's, it's almost like, um, I want to be careful here, but like a spiritual high that you don't want to leave. Uh, but then there's, you know, on the way home, oh, it was tough wanting to stop by and get something to eat and then get home and the kids are throwing, you know, throwing a fit. I've got a lot of little, I've got five kids and um, two of them are, are nine and under. And so it, it can get a little challenging and just wanting to give up and then just go in my prayer closet and saying, Lord, I need your strength right now. And so I, I can't explain it. I don't know why God created us that way, but it's almost like you can't feed the flesh, even a good thing, even yeah. You, you can't feed the flesh and then receive the fullness of the spirit at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. All right, friends, we will be right back. We're going to talk practically what you can do, taking steps, why fasting so powerful. We'll talk about that further. And also what happens physically when you pray, when you fast, when you join these things together. Okay, we'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Do you have a question about fasting, a practical question, ministry question, physically, biologically related question? Phone lines are open, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Friends, we encourage you to watch the 17-minute documentary that Shane Pastor Shane has put out talking about his journey during this prayer and fasting. Some of it recorded as as he was in the midst of this. Shane, I remember in 1988, the Lord clearly laid on my heart to do a 21-day water fast. So I had done many three-day fasts, five-day fasts, and of course, sometimes I'd fast one day a week for, for many months. But I, had, I hadn't done a longer fast. And in those days, I had all my food addictions. I was eating unhealthily then. So that meant you kind of go through withdrawal. I didn't realize that's what it was, but more headaches. And, and it's yeah. harder when you have more addictions. Thank, thankfully, I've been free now wonderfully these last eight years. But I remember the first seven days of this 21-day water fast. Every day, I was desperately hungry the whole day. And people said, yeah, after a certain number of days, it breaks. Well, it didn't break. Then on the eighth day, all hunger left. Now, I lusted for food. I desired food, but right. all hunger left, and I experienced no hunger those next 14 days. If I'd gone longer, then hunger would have come back at a, at a certain point. Right. But I remember that unless I was ministering, this was my experience, unless I was ministering, and I really felt the Lord there, everything was boring. Life was boring and dull. After I broke the fast, and of course, you have to break it carefully, eating healthy and little by little, I was visited by God in ways I had never been visited before. For me, it happened after the fast, and then God used that to change my life, brought a deep purging and purifying in my life. And, and I look back to it as something very, very pivotal. As, as people think about fasting, do you, do you encourage people, hey, do what you did, dive in, go on a long fast, or do you encourage them, hey, take some steps, understand, mm -hmm. unless the Lord has given a very, very clear word, what would you encourage someone says, I've never really fasted much, I'm kind of afraid to. We're not talking about someone, say, with diabetes, has a medical condition and right. needs certain food. We're talking about your general person who's healthy enough to fast. What would you tell them first about how to start, what, what to do? 
Well, that's it. You, you actually hit the nail on the head right at the beginning when you said, you know, God put it on your heart. And so that's what, you know, I would encourage people to take it to prayer and uh, see what God wants them to do. Obviously, I think most people can get rid of the highly addictive substances. That's why fasting is so hard. You're coming off of a massive sugar addiction, caffeine addiction, nicotine addiction, processed foods, artificial coloring and flavoring and the chemicals. A lot of the people don't realize there's a lot of chemicals in food to make it taste good. And so you're coming off of all of that. So that's why fasting's hard. So if you don't know where to start, Jesus said, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. So obviously, we see that it's a spiritual discipline. You would know definitely more on this than I would, but looking at the Didache or Didacte and the early church writings, and it looks like it was pretty common for them to fast 24-hour periods. And so that would be a good place to start. Um, I would, you know, if you're ready to just go for it, go for it. Understand there's going to be a uh, withdrawal symptoms. And um, like you said, if you're you're a diabetic or you're taking blood pressure medication, what happens is when you fast, your blood pressure drops. And so if you're taking high blood pressure medication, it's going to also cause your blood pressure to drop. And then you're at, at an unhealthy level. So as always, we want you to talk to your physician first. Uh, diabetics, um, they, it's a blood sugar level issue, especially type 2 with the, the insulin resistant. Your cell isn't wanting to absorb the insulin. So it's kind of ironic that we pump more insulin to, into the body. Insulin is the fat storage hormone. So it's really hard for diabetics to lose weight, and it, it suppresses glucagon. Glucagon is the, the hormone that helps burn fat. So that's a whole nother history. So to answer the question, or a whole nother podcast, but to answer your question, I would start where you can start. Um, I would try to go a full day, 24 hours, miss uh, breakfast and lunch and dinner. If you can, again, if you're not on medication, just be very aware that you're going to start withdrawing from things and maybe even get your body ready for a week. So there's really no cut and dry way of doing it. even biblically speaking. It's when you fast. And uh, but I guarantee they didn't. It wasn't as challenging in Jesus's time, because what were you withdrawing from? All you're really withdrawing from is the natural sugar, the fructose and fruit figs and things like that and the natural desire to eat. But that is I, uh, that is funny. It took you seven days and and it's people are different. Sometimes it takes people about three or four days and the hunger hormone is suppressed and you no longer feel that desire to eat. And, but some people it takes a little bit longer of time. So I would start where you can start and take it to the Lord in prayer. See what he puts on your heart. I think most people are going to be convicted to get rid of a lot of the, the junk they're consuming. That's really what's hurting us more than anything else. Yeah. And, and I remember when I was doing, uh, I think it was either three day fast or five day fast. So it was just, just on water. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know how to break fast properly then. And because it wasn't a long fast, I would just yeah. go out and, and have a big meal. And, yeah. and I was, you know, super into pizza. And if I was getting a spe- there's this really great little Italian place nearby. If I was getting a, a big meal, I'd get like chicken parmesan or something. You just pile this thing on. And I remember, I remember finishing this fast, either three days or five days on water, getting this mm-hmm. giant meal and eating it. And I still, something wasn't right. And then I got a bunch of peanut M&Ms and ate them. Then I felt good. I realized, wow. That's what you need. It wasn't just the food, unhealthy food, but you needed this particular unhealthy yeah. food. So the, I remember when, when I started, by God's grace, completely changing my lifestyle. So August 24th of 2014 was the first day of cold turkey getting rid of everything. And I remember thinking, oh, I feel miserable. And I don't yeah. understand physiology the way you do, but I realized, okay, these are toxins leaving my body. This is a good thing. These are poisons leaving my body. Now I just got to get rid of the poisons. Is it a parallel, Shane, the physical body, the same thing spiritually when we fast? 
It, it is. And, and I should just throw it out there, too. On our church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org, westsidechristianfellowship.org, my books on fasting are actually available as free downloads. So people can download the books for free and they can get a lot more information on what about intermittent fasting? What about one meal a day? What about this? What about that? I answer tons of questions in those books that we probably can't get to here in this program. Um, but to answer the question, the, the, the physical and the spiritual, you know, you want to be careful because we don't want to speak where the Bible isn't crystal clear, but we can see there's a parallel between how I'm taking care of my body physically and the ramifications that we'll have spiritually. So, you know, if you're not eating well, you're not getting enough sleep, it is going to affect your devotional life with the Lord. It's going to affect you spiritually. And same thing, often spiritually, when we're not doing good, it affects the physical. So somehow that is is all interwoven. And the fasting, that's why it plays a huge role in this, because you're actually starving the flesh that says, feed me so I can destroy you. That's what the flesh says, feed me so I can destroy you. And we're, we're starving that voice. We're getting rid of those appetites. And then, therefore, we are not only benefiting physically, but we're benefiting spiritually. And the reason you were feeling that way, what, yeah, wasn't the toxins were being removed, but also when you're coming off of things like sugar, caffeine, it has an effect on the brain uh, like opiates do. And, and you're, you're, you're really withdrawing from a drug. And so that your body is detoxing. And that's why fasting is so hard for so many people because – they're just not in a good spot physically. So it's going to be a rough road usually ahead. I say pray for heaven, but expect hell or or get your body prepared physically for the fast. Yeah. And even just say, Lord, uh, I'm weak here. I'm, I'm a wimp. I've had to confess it to the Lord in your spirit. Lord, I'm a food wimp. I'm yeah. disciplined in all these other areas by your grace, but I'm, I'm a wimp here and I, I need your help. And even, even taking a, a baby step of skipping yeah. a meal. Or a couple of meals. And people say, well, I'm not addicted. I said, well, I'll tell you what, go without this, whatever the dessert is or your favorite treat or go without it for a week or for a month and see if you're addicted or not. And if you are, ask yourself, should you be a slave to an unhealthy food as a follower of Jesus? Does that make sense? Shane, what about, and you, you talk about this on the documentary, but what about your mental clarity, things that were happening to you physically? Obviously, you fasted first and foremost to honor the Lord, and, and it was a spiritual exercise above all. But a lot happened to you physically. We'll, we'll, we'll do more of this after the break, talk about this more. But how was your mental sharpness? What areas did you feel a change when you completely deprived yourself of food? Well, there's a lot of things that take place. And just to not going into too much detail to confuse people, but uh, they want to, there's a, I think he's from Japan. He won a Nobel prize in 2016 for the discovery of autophagy. And that is where we, once we get past 24 hours or so of no food, your glycogen storage in your liver and muscles is getting depleted. Now your body will begin to burn uh, tumors, uh, not non-cancerous maybe tumors or sometimes cancerous tumors. They'll burn the, the, these, these cells that are not healthy. Your body, we are so well designed by our creator that it now goes and it begins to repair the body. And so my joints started hurting more for a while because retracing was taking place. Now there's no more energy. I don't know if you knew this, but 50% of our energy, of all of our energy goes to digesting food, 50%. Mm. So if you can get rid of that and now you've got, now your body can go and even uh, improve joint. Uh, my, my, I, my joints had never felt better. 
bending over, you know, touching my feet and, and just moving, uh, obviously the weight loss that was coming, my joints are feeling better. My mental clarity, I was sharper reading, things are just coming to me better. And then, um, the joints hurt for a while, but then they started to feel better. And that's because of retracing your body usually retraces old injuries in order to repair them. And so it is a very deep healing process. And, you know, this is where it's hard. Physically speaking, you're not supposed to return. You're not supposed to start eating again until actual hunger returns because you can really stop the healing process of the body. But spiritually speaking, we want to do it, you know, when God wants us to stop. And sometimes those align and you do have to be careful once you go past, I mean, five, six, seven days, you know, you want to make sure you, you don't have something called a refeeding syndrome. And I found out it takes more discipline, just as much discipline to end the fast as it does to begin the fast. Yeah. That week after the fast, boy, oh, that first day. You I, everything. Yeah. Well, I had 500, 600 calories that first day. And then. Oh, man. You, yeah. You want to go for it. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about that and then come back, friends, to really emphasize what can happen when we give ourselves to fasting and prayer as a church, as a community. A lot of change will not happen without that. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I'm speaking with my friend, Pastor Shane Eidelman, about the power of fasting and what happens in the spiritual and physical journey when we fast. If you have a fasting-related question, give us a call, 866-34-TRUTH. Uh, Shane, I, I remember when I did 21-day water fast, and my wife, Nancy, said, okay, so here's how you get off the fast. And so I remember the, the first night of, of eating, and I had just a little piece of fruit and a little fruit juice and, and maybe a little, a little piece of toast with nothing on it. And I remember just the, the taste of the bread was like, wow, wow, yeah. this is amazing. And then after some days, she told me, okay, you can go out and get a salad. And at that time, Burger King had this little buffet and a salad buffet. And I remember I got it. And I thought, this is unbelievable. I can't mm -hmm. believe the quality of this salad and the tastiness of the dressing. And some weeks later, I went back and it tasted like, I don't know, like paper. You know, it's like, okay, when I haven't eaten, right? It says in, in, in Proverbs to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. But it, it's, the, it's the same thing with this reappreciation for all the tastes of food and everything like that, right. that spiritually, when we, we shut out other things, because obviously the goal is not to fast and then to watch TV 14 hours a day exactly, or to yeah. fast and binge on Netflix, right? I mean, that's, that's obviously not the goal. The goal is a sense of separation. And it's something that if you can handle it physically, everyone can do while working a job, while busy at home with kids, while doing everything else that we do, as long as you can handle it physically, then you can separate yourself to fast in the midst of everything. Because as we said, your whole life, 24-7 then, is separated to, God, I'm here for you. God, I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. Do you believe that we will see God's purposes for America or for the church in America come to pass without increased fasting? 
Boy, that's a good question. And, you know, I do get this question often. It might tie right in. People say, well, I don't have to fast. Well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian either, but you're not going to, you're not going to operate effectively as a Christian. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to, but these things, you're not going to know a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord without starving the flesh. And people do lust for food. That's why Paul said their God has become their belly. I think it was Paul or Peter. The God has become their belly. And, and we, I think in America, we forget just how drawn we are to food and addiction. And so it, it's really about starving the flesh. And what happens, you know, in studying revival, like I know you have too, you're not going to find, I can think of any revival that started from just a, a uh, a preaching a sermon after a big breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, none of those things are bad, but it was time of travail and seeking God and starving the flesh and fasting, saying, Lord, we are so desperate. We need to hear from you. Whether even Jonathan Edward, Edwards' fam- famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, I think he was on a three or four day fast. Uh, Evan Roberts and New Hebrides Revival, Duncan Campbell, and and then the earlier Welsh revivals, reading their journals. I have journals of Hal Harris, Griffin Jones, Daniel Rollins, who, you know, I'm in the season of prayer and fasting this week. John Wesley, season of prayer and fasting this week. George Whitfield. And so do, we get these great movements of God. Often fasting has been the catalyst and prayer, of course, prayer and fasting. But it, we, remember, it's not like, okay, look what I did, Lord. Now you have to honor this. It's, it's a cry of desperation. And God says, I hear that cry of that child. Oh, God, would you rend the heavens? Would you come down and visit your people again? God, we are so desperate for you. It's really hard to make that connection when I'm always full. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I mean, I know this upsets people, but maybe it's conviction. Maybe you should take it to the Lord. We should, we're not designed to sit and eat all day long and have fellowship and always about feasting. There are moments of feasting and famine. And so I think it's about, um, really, it's, if we're to be completely honest, the problem we have in our nation is food addiction. It's what it is. It's it's food addiction. We are addicted to all the chemicals in the food, the sugar, the caffeine, this, and we just love it. We love it, love it. So when I talk about fasting, oh no, I don't want to do that. It's really the addiction that is um, that is really challenging a lot of people. And I would say out of 100 people, of a, if I have a group of 100 people, I'm pretty sure 90, 90%, 90 of those people could fast. Uh, but the vast majority say, oh, no, I can't do that. I've got, you know, I, for years I said, I've got hypoglycemia, borderline. I can't fast. Come to find out I was addicted to sugar. So mm-hmm. <laughs> once you correct that problem, and then most, I mean, all type 2 diabetes is health-related. It's di- diet-related. It's lifestyle-related. So by fasting, and even with diet, you have to be careful. You know, you want to uh, regulate the blood sugar levels and maybe intermittent fasting, but you can begin to reset the body the way it was designed. And so, um, yeah, to, and to answer your question, it, it, of course we can't say, oh, unless we do this, God is not going to honor his word because we know that's not true. People get prayers answered without fasting. I, I, the, God built the church without me fasting. Initially, he opened up incredible doors. I'm, sa- I'm sure the same in your life, but it isn't interesting that fasting is the only the the only one that meets all four of those conditions in Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people humble themselves, fasting throughout the Old Testament was really it was sackcloth, ashes, humility, mm-hmm. desperation, judgment is coming, and it humbled themselves, pray, seek my face, not my hand, not what I can give you, but seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Fasting is tied into all of that, and so I just realized, and again. 
I'm just trying to be honest. If we're always filling ourselves with food, we're always gratifying the flesh. My body wants Starbucks. Let me drive to Starbucks. My body wants Dunkin' Donuts. My body wants fast food. I don't think we stop and really say, how much am I listening to my flesh and being driven by my flesh instead of listening to the Spirit of God? And I, I come as a fellow sojourner and struggler in this area. I've, I was o- o- overweight when I was younger. It's always an issue for me. I've talked to you about that before. I mean, if I don't control it, uh, it's going to, you know, like I talked about in the documentary, I, I know how epigenetics works and autophagy and uh, apoptosis with the cellular division and calories and micro and macronutrients and carbohydrates and fat and ketogenic and how much protein and what and what really how to really lose weight and I was still 230 pounds when I should be like 180, 190. But just too many nuts, too many good things can also, you know, start to, to add on. So I think it's just being a steward, a good steward of this gift God has given us. He, I mean, I didn't want to go, I didn't want to be in ministry as much. I didn't want to go visit people at the hospital. I didn't want to call people back if I'm always tired and sluggish and overweight. I think it really, really affects us at a very deep level that we don't realize until we step away, step back from it. Yeah, and, and just being stewards over our body and denying ourselves and taking up the cross, it, it's every area of, of life. Yes. And I can say firsthand that I am much healthier, much more vibrant, much more full of energy, much more clear-headed at mm-hmm. 67 than I was at 59. I mean, dramatically, night, oh, yeah. night and day. And, and here, just this little incentive for folks. So I used to have probably about three headaches a week, not migraine, but bad enough that I would take Advil regularly. And as I'd be sitting writing all night, you know, I'd always have some Advil and make sure if I was flying, I had it because because I'm getting headaches, pretty decent headaches about three times a week. So that's that's over a thousand a year. Right. You say, when's the last time you had a headache like that? Well, almost eight years ago. So so you're talking about almost eight, no, probably more than eight thousand headaches that I haven't had by strictly going by this, no dairy, no flour, no sugar, eating totally healthy. And then being very careful because I know even with a good thing, like mm-hmm. raw organic nuts, good to have a few of those a day. You can have too much. So right, Nancy right. and I worked it out. Okay. I eat this amount and it's rationed out. And if yeah. I do it, I, I stay at an ideal weight. If, if I indulge too much, it starts to go up. So it's very clear, but you, you feel alive. You, and again, yeah. I, I know there are people, you, you have serious sickness, illness, there's diet alone is not going to change it. So our, our hearts go out to you and you can love Jesus from a sick bed as, as much as from a healthy bed. We understand that it's, it's the heart that God is looking at. But we're in this body. And I'll tell you this, when, when I had COVID and then it, it messed with my heart and I was mm-hmm. totally weak, I mean, to get up and go from the bed to the bathroom was an ordeal. To try wow. to eat a meal, I, could, I couldn't even, I didn't have the energy to digest even, even a few bites. I wasn't thinking about ministry. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking about how can I help Nancy because she's sick too. I wasn't thinking about what book can I write or how can I minister to our listening audience. I was too weak. So if we are so physically weak ourselves or weighed down or, or addicted or slowed down mentally, physically, how can we really do everything God's called us to do and be a blessing to others. Think about the others, being there for the others. So this is so critically important, friends. Uh, I, I want to take a call, Shane. Uh, it, it's, it's an important question. And I, I understand that uh, 
that you're not speaking as a medical doctor. We're not giving medical advice. But right. uh, Paul in, all right, Paul in Richmond, Virginia, had a question. He said complications because of COVID. Uh, excuse me, because of the COVID vaccine. And he was asking if fasting can help with that. So obviously a medical doctor would need to probe all the issues, but right. what about intermittent fasting? Aren't, aren't there whole books written on, on the health giving power of fasting by secular doctors? Yeah, and, and that's a good point. And again, I don't want to endorse, um, but I followed a lot of Alan Goldhammer who put people on 40-day fast, uh, Dr. Joel Furman. 40-day fast. Dr. Daniel Pompa actually has a whole series of videos on repairing COVID uh, from COVID vaccine and the disease from fasting. You look at Peter Atia, one of the most foremost experts in this area of fasting, and they all attest to the fast. I mean, doctors that know about how the body works all attest to the fact that fasting works. Now, what the, what, I don't know what the question would be about the vaccine. What type of, of issues is he having? Um, and they've even found that um, I believe it was uh, Dr. Walter Longo, he's head of uh, longevity at, uh, I think it's USC here in Southern California, how fasting during chemotherapy can really just cut down the the effects of chemotherapy. Because what the body's doing, it doesn't have any more energy now for digestion, it could go into healing. So again, not being a medical professional, not knowing exactly what the situation is, I would say in nine times out of 10, fasting can help. And when we talk about fasting, it's usually just water only, maybe a little bit of juice. Uh, the whole idea is to get rid of the nutrients. Um, however, intermittent fasting that Dr. Brown just mentioned is also, I, I, it, you know, it's a fad right now, but I think it's also biblical. I don't think we, we're supposed to eat five times a day or, and, and whenever we want the food and intermittent fasting waits, you know, a good 15, 16, 17, 18 hours. I do that quite often. I did it yesterday. I did it today. I wait about 19, 18, 19 hours before I eat. And that really, you don't have to take a nap. Your glycogen storages are down. You go into autophagy quicker. Growth hormone is elevated. Testosterone is elevated. So I would say yes, this person could benefit. From yeah, generally speaking, so many benefits. All right, we're going to come back. There's an interesting question from a caller. How come fasting brings more pressure and issues in his life. So we'll tackle that when we come back. Stay right here. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I was just looking at an email from my friend, Dr. Mark Stengler, right before the broadcast. Another encouragement to healthy living and to use some of the great health supplements that they have. Go to vitaminmission.com. Dr. Stengler is a sponsor of this broadcast. So as you get some great products for yourself, you get a special discount. And along the way, Dr. Stengler then turns around and makes a donation back to us to help us reach more and more people. Remember, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, we have a link to the 17-minute documentary about the power of fasting and prayer joined together, and the physical benefits of fasting by Pastor Shane Eidelman. Be sure to watch that video. Shane, what do you say to someone who says, wow, when I fast, it seems it stirs up more opposition and trouble for me. What do you make of that? What would you say to that person? Wow, well, absolutely. And I believe that because it's a spiritual discipline and because you're going for spiritual results, 
and you're trying to draw closer to the Lord, the enemy is going to do, you know, whatever he can to sidetrack you. And I told my wife, um, my associate pastor, Pastor Abram, we were talking, I think, I don't know, when I was almost 40 days in. And I said, I just had to get to the point in my mind that that life is going to be challenging, but I'm doing this. I've got to do it. So whether the kids, because that used to be my excuse, oh, these, the kids are acting up. I've got all these issues at church. I've got to lead the ministry, lead the church, lead a radio network. I can't fast. I can't fast. I can't fast. So I had excuses for everything. And then the enemy would bring up things, obviously, you know, contention, division, this is happening. So the power of the made up mind and saying, okay, I know this demonic opposition is real. And especially when it comes in, when you're going to commit to prayer and fasting, you, I would I, I pray for heaven, but you got to expect that there's going to be a lot of turmoil. And what's ironic is we haven't, you know, you'll probably see later on YouTube or Facebook, a lot of the comments come in that it, it, they're usually from people who don't know anything about fasting. They've never experienced fasting. They've just they've just read certain things, and they really don't have um, any any grounding on science and and how fasting really does affect the body and can really help disease in a big way. So that was just more of a side note. But yes, with the spiritual realm is being shaken up, and I think it was Arthur Wallace again who said pressure has to be applied often to the spiritual realm before there is breakthrough. Mm. How many times? How many times have you experienced that? Oh, I just pray for an hour. Hey, my problem's fixed. Often it's 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 pressing in, it's pressing in. Lord, I blew it uh, many, a couple times. You know, I talk about in the documentary where I just grabbed some nuts and said, "Oh, I, you know, oh well, you know." And then I got back on track, and just just constantly pressing in, constantly persevering. And at the end of it, I lost about thirty-seven pounds. And I know it, it's not about the weight, but it, it's a nice uh, uh, benefit from the spiritual be- because if, if it's going to be- benefit you spiritually, it's also going to benefit you physically. I don't know of anywhere where God's going to tell you to do something that's really harmful for your body, and, and it, it's usually very uh, good spiritually and very good uh, physically as well. Yeah, and again, friends, don't be intimidated by the fact that Pastor Shane has done a 40-day fast, primarily water. They right. did a 21-day water fast. And I've, I've prayed much about, Lord, are you telling me to do that 40-day fast? Just because 40 is, is mentioned in the Bible with, with Moses on Sinai, supernaturally sustained by God, of course. Then Elijah going, with, but fed once by an angel and then going on the strength of that 40 days. And Jesus, 40 days. So I've, I've asked the Lord about that and have to sort out being thin now, kind of at an ideal weight. So how does that work? But I'm sure Jesus was not obese when he went to fast. So I, I give that back to the Lord. But e- either way... Don't be intimidated by those numbers. Again, if you've never fasted, skip a meal or go 24 hours. Take, take the steps you can, and then you'll really find, okay, wow, I am struggling here. Wow, I'm more addicted to food than I realize. Because if you're feeding an addiction every day, you don't realize how addicted you are until you can't feed it. But ultimately, I know what's driven me is I have to break through, and nothing else is working. And the mm-hmm. ultimate expression that I can give to God is saying, God, I'm, I'm saying no to everything else, mm-hmm. even these essential things, because I have to have you, because I have to have the breakthrough, because I've got to see this answer, because your glory is at stake, your name is at stake, people's lives are at stake. And that's ultimately what pushes many of us to get into that place of discomfort, to, to separate ourselves from the, the things that we love so much in this world, food, etc. And that's what's going to drive us more than anything. Thank God for the physical benefits, but it's that spiritual drive. Share from your heart your passion 
What makes your heart beat before the Lord? Why you get up and have early morning prayer? Why folks are gathering early in the morning in your church and seeking God? What's making you tick? Well, I think what the church is experiencing is um, a massive wake-up call. You know, we, we see that things are not going in a good direction. We see the, from the violence and, and political and the political spectrums. And uh, even in my area, we have, um, you know, uh, drag queen uh, day at the library for kids and perver- pushing sexual perversion and some of the assembly bills here in California and it's just out of that desperation saying, you know, enough is enough. We're going to have to seek God like never before, get back on that old path. And I believe that God honors that. He, he, if you seek him, you will find him. He draws near to those who draw near to him. If you cry out to God, he will hear you. And and there's a desperation. And that's where, for me, fasting tied in. And I'm glad you said that because it's not for everyone. And doesn't mean, you know, unless you fast, you're not spiritual. It doesn't mean unless you fast, God's not going to answer prayers. We, we know that. But there's a deeper there's a deeper intimacy that happens during uh, seasons of prayer and fasting even if it's try missing two meals a day you're going to you're going to feel that and i think you know i think a 3 or 4 day 5 day fast is almost as challenging as what i did because that's the hardest part yeah <laughs> you know once you get through that that first week now i've got a lot of momentum now i'm like okay i can do this and so you can't minimize god isn't you know looking at us as Okay, you got to do two days or three days or four. It's really not. I don't. I, it's hard to explain that because there's a lot of ne- negative Nellies out there when it comes to fasting and critical people and judgmental Jerry's and they just they just are convicted. They don't want to address this issue, but it's about I need to hear from God. I must hear from God. So now we have prayer meetings and worship meetings a couple hours before our services on Sunday. Wednesday nights are structured for that. It's a desperation. It's a calling out to God because um, extreme. The best way to word it is we are living in extremely difficult times. It's going to it's going to require a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare like most people are not familiar with. And desperate times call for desperate measures. And that's really my heart behind it. Yeah. As you were saying those words, that's exactly what I was thinking. The extreme times in which we live call for things that seem extreme to the flesh. But look, even in my own life, as as I've incorporated prayer retreats into my life more than ever before, I was talking to Nancy, I'd gone away for, for eight days. You say, oh, so you do all that plus vacation? No, it was instead of vacation. Right. I just went away to, to get alone with the Lord. And I, I came back and I, I hadn't been in a situation that many days just alone seeking his face in years. Uh-huh. And I said to Nancy, I think I need to do this like a, a weekend, uh, a quarter. And then when I'm home, yep. I'm not traveling, just not leave my room, uh, not, not leave the prayer room, say, until, you know, until I break through on a Saturday. And she said, no, no. You need to do this monthly, not quarterly. I said, you're right. So yeah. I cut back from travel. That also cuts back on potential ministry income that I get when I'm out and, and funds donate to our ministry. And so I spend basically once a month, a weekend, Friday night, all day, Saturday, Sunday, just seeking the face of God. And I'll do that with my normal salads and stuff. But the point is, I realize, okay, I'm 67. There's things I want to see happen. I'm deeply burdened to see happen, but they haven't happened yet. So I, I've got to... I've got to up pressing into God and I've got to become more like Jesus than I've ever been. And that's not just going to happen. So Shane, your example has been wonderful because you're, you're seeking to live what you preach. You're honest. You're not condemning others. You're encouraging others to come along and your articles, your recent one on God looking for prophets, not puppets. You're really, you're nailing things with the heart of God. And I know 
that praying and fasting now built in that this is part of who you are in God and is helping you get a message out. God's honoring that to more and more people. Well, you know, it's this is very interesting. You'll you'll agree, and you'll probably realize this before too. But the more time I spend with God, especially during this season, sometimes I can even cry thinking about it. Is the bolder I become? Mm. Is that interesting? Yeah. You, oh, you're too bold. You're too. I know you get the same thing. You know, you, but the more time I spend with God, the more the more bolder I become about what's going on. Now I'm filled with love and grace and mercy and joy and the fruit of the spirit. You know, sometimes it, you know, it's not always perfect, but there's a boldness that rises up. So when you read that that article um, um, that was you know published that week or so, it, it those comes from the prayer closet. And so if we have to name names now and then or talk about situations, it's not out of a spirit of disunity. It's out of of, of just a heart broken for the condition of our nation. So boldness is going to come directly from the prayer closet. And we see our gun safes are full in America, but our prayer closets are empty. And that needs to be reversed. I'm, I'm not against any of that. I, I used to shoot trap all the time and, and a country boy, really, at heart. But, you know, we've got all this this um, push for these things that are political, the elections, which we have to be involved. But my concern is the foundation of godliness isn't being built. Yeah. When you, when you, when you build the foundation of prayer and fasting, humility and gentleness, and then you come out in the fullness of the spirit, that's when you can go protest an event. That's when you can make a difference in your community. That's when you can get involved in, in the political arena more so because now it's coming out of the fullness of the spirit. And where is God directing you versus angry, you know, bombastic tirades and things like that, that really aren't too beneficial. And I'm, I mean, I'm guilty of that. It's hard to it's hard to love your country, love your God, give him freedoms, love your children, love your church and see what the enemy is doing and not get got get a little worked up. But but we'll turn that working up, we'll turn it into yeah. fasting Amen. and we'll turn it into prayer and the nation will be shaking. Shame, what's the website again where folks can go? Well, the the Books are at westsidechristianfellowship.org or let's go to my website, shaneheidemann.com for all the articles. All right, friends, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's see what God will do. Another program powered by the Truth Network.